0: Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you.
1: And now, here's today's message. Hey, today I'm reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one or to each man or to each woman for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Hey, over the next few minutes, uh, put a title on your message, on your notebook, or whatever it is that you're taking notes, um, and I want you to write this down. Holy Spirit, the power gifts. Holy Spirit, the power gifts. Come on, would you pray with me? Um, Dear King, we love you. We thank you for this time, Lord Jesus, that we can just spend in your presence. Oh God, I pray, Lord, John 3.30, let me decrease that you may increase, Lord. I pray that it would be your words and not mine today. um, Lord, we've talked about it. And Father we trust and believe in you Lord, we have faith and confidence in who you are. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would, I'm not going to ask you to come to this place because way before this building was ever created, you were already here, Lord God. So I just pray that you would open our hearts, Lord Jesus. I pray, Father, that every stigma, every dogma, every doubt, Lord, every demonic attack, Lord God, over our minds would be broken, Lord, that we would have a clear mind, Lord Jesus, to be able to hear and to understand, Lord. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that Isaiah said, Lord, I pray that the spirit of the Lord would be with us, wisdom, knowledge, counsel, might, and I pray for understanding Lord God, that it would be in this room, Lord Jesus, that we would be able to get it in our getters, Lord, and be able to do everything that you've called us to do. Dear King, we love you and we thank you. That's in Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Amen and amen. Come on, Greater Church, one more time. Would you put your hands together for Jesus? Amen. Amen. So we've been in this series, as I mentioned before, AD after death, the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. And what we've done in a quick recap is that at the very beginning, we talked about how the Holy Spirit, he's around us. And he's convicting us of sin, he's convicting us of righteousness, and he's convicting us of judgment. The idea of conviction is to get you to a sentence, and what that sentence is, is salvation. So once the Holy Spirit has been bugging you enough and we responded to him, all of a sudden now we have the Holy Spirit who is living inside of us, right? So when the Holy Spirit is living inside of us, he's helping us, he's guiding us, he's teaching us, he's comforting us, he's walking through life, he's helping us bear the fruit of the spirit in Galatians chapter five, and we have Him living inside of us. Every believer, you don't got to do jump through hoops to be able to receive the Holy Spirit. At the moment that you accept Him, John chapter 7 verse 38 through 39 talks about the next step jesus himself is speaking and he says out of your belly or out of your innermost being you will flow rivers of living water and it says this he was speaking about the holy spirit whom they have not received yet and what happens is that all of a sudden you are filled and then you begin to get spilled and so these last few weeks we've been talking about this spilling the first thing that we talked about last week was the, uh, the inspiration gifts and what God gives you, and it's the way that he speaks. And so it was prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. We talked about prophecy, that prophecy is not a revelation gift that he shows you the future. Prophecy is used for edification, for comfort, and for exhortation. We talked about tongues, how this is a prayer language from us to God, and then we talked about the interpretation of those tongues, which is the interpretation for public use, and we kind of touched a little bit on how personally you can ask God to be able to get that interpretation. The week before that, we talked about the the revelation gifts, the word of wisdom, which is something that has not happened yet, the word of knowledge, which is something that has happened presently or something that has happened in the past, and then we talked about the discerning of spirits which is discerning of spirits is God's or the ability to be able to see not only into the spiritual realm, but see the spirit that a person carries. As Jesus saw Nathaniel, he says, look, that is Nathaniel in whom there is no guile. And so God gives us these gifts. And I I know it's a lot that I just gave you. Go back and listen to the series because I ain't got no time to explain it all. But what happens is that today we're going to continue to talk about this spilling, this other spilling, which is called the power gifts, the power gifts. And so here it is. We have three different categories that are in these power gifts, and it's the gift of faith. The working of miracles and the gifts of healings. And the first one that I want to talk about is the gift of faith, the gift of faith. So what the gift of faith is, is a supernatural belief in God's ability, where you believe in God's ability, in what God can do. Now, I want to explain to you, this is not regular faith, because this word can be easily carry uh, what we regularly know, right? So number one, it's not natural faith. You know what natural faith is. Natural faith is uh, when we go fishing. And I'm excited for the fellows. We're going fishing and we're going to do some fun stuff. But when you go fishing, you have faith and you're believing, okay, I'm going to catch a fish. Hopefully a fish will come out of there. At the same time, I think ladies, you're in the same boat where you begin to think, you know, uh, I have a baby in my tummy and in faith, you're believing that this baby is developing and it's going to have all the right uh, body parts and it's going to come out and it's going to be a world changer. When we plant, any, any gardeners in the building? Any gardeners? I need y'all. <laughs> Yo, lately I've been on this kick where I want to learn gardening. I'm, I'm going to go to Alabama to hang out with Wood for a little while, uh, Nadia's dad, because I want to learn how to like hunt. I don't even know how to do any of that stuff. If the world electricity ended, I think we're going to die. Oh, I'm coming to your house. <laughs> I don't know how to plant. I don't know how to start a fire. And if I don't have the Google to start a fire... I mean, it's just not going to work. So I, I just, I want to learn. That's, that's another thing. But you have faith that when you put a seed in the ground, right, David, that, that you're going to sit there. You're not coming back and looking at the floor and saying, okay, right now, in the name of Jesus. No, no, there, there, is, a, there is a natural faith where you believe, okay, there's going to be something that's going to come out of the ground. And that's natural faith. Then there's saving faith. Saving faith is when you hear the gospel, when you hear that Jesus lived a sinless life, that he, we were broken far from God. And that God sent his only begotten son, Jesus, into the world. That Jesus lived a sinless life. That Jesus died for my sins. God turned his faith from his son, his face from his son, because my sin was upon him. My father, why have you forsaken me? Because sin is a stench to God's nostril. My sin was on Jesus. He dies. Three days later, he resurrected with the power to life, but also the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And in exchange, he took my sin, and then he gave me all of his righteousness at the point that I confess and believe. That's where it happens, where saving faith comes, and you're like, yo, a light turns on, and you're like, yo, I need Jesus. That saving faith, I believe, that is in the room, which is the greatest miracle. Um, And this faith also can help you. uh, It can be divine protection. It can be divine provision. It's unlimited in nature. It doesn't have a limit. The gift of faith, a saving faith, is unlimited. It doesn't matter how far you are, how much you've done, how much drugs you've done, how many mistakes you've made, how much sin you've allowed to come into your life. God's grace is unlimited and available to every person who is in this room. So this is what it looks like for us to have saving faith. But then there's the, the gift of faith. The gift of faith is when God does something and you believe God to do something that humans cannot be done, cannot do. And this is where God steps in and does unlimited amount of things. And I'm going to show you just a couple of them. In the Old Testament, we remember Exodus chapter 7, verses 10 through 12, that Moses is sitting there. Y'all remember the prince of Egypt. Remember he threw the, the, the staff on the ground and all of a sudden the, the staff turned into a snake. And that was faith that he had that it was going to happen. Not only that, but he had to have faith that when God told him, go to Pharaoh and tell him that such and such is going to happen. in 10 different times he goes up and these, all these different plagues begin to happen. And this was faith that Moses had to happen. Yo, I guarantee you that Moses was probably just as shocked as everybody else was. Because he's like, hey, God is going to you know, make the sea red and there's going to be blood and you, 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 you need to repent. Let us out. Let us go. And all of a sudden he just walks away and when he begins to see all of the grasshoppers and the frogs and stuff, I guarantee you that he was shocked but he had the gift of faith. In the Old Testament you can see it. In the Old Testament you can see Elijah. Elijah who has ran for a little while and God has him in a space of provision and he has to have faith. And all of a sudden God begins to bring ravens in to feed him. So these are, in the Old Testament, you can see it, Elijah is with Elisha. And Elijah, the first one, the OG, he's about to go, and God is about to take him to heaven. He's about to die, right? And so he didn't die. It's a whole story. Go read it back in 1 Kings chapter 17. And so what happens is that this this man goes, and he puts uh, 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 the mantle into the water, and the water begins to split. And he just has faith in God. In the New Testament, we see it in Acts chapter 27. Where Paul begins to tell him, "Hey, yo, this," he uses the word. Not, let me let me explain something to you, just so you kind of understand it. A lot of these gifts, you will actually see that they're intermingled and that they intertwine and they hold on to each other. And so you might see one of them, They all three of them operate, and I'll show you at the end of the story what happens. But I want to show you where Paul, the Lord reveals to him in a word of wisdom, hey, in the future, you're going to go through a storm and this boat is going to be shipwrecked. Now, here's the thing. Don't toss anybody off of the boat. I promise you, I'm going to keep you. And so what he does is that Paul, in faith, he says, I don't know how God is going to do this, but in faith, he believes that God is going to do it. The ship is destroyed, but Paul's life is spared and everybody who was on that boat. They get to the edge of the water, water paul the other paul and when they and when they're sitting there they're on a campfire and scripture says that a viper clings to his hand some of y'all when you get sick y'all jump on the google and if you had a, a, a ant bite and you're like yo why is my hand red well you died last week your eyes are gonna fall out you're gonna bleed out your nose i mean you're just terrified oh my god i need to go to the hospital no there are times that you do need to go to the hospital, guys. Let me not say that. But the gift of faith was that Paul shook the shook the snake off into the fire and nothing happened to him. So he had the gift of faith in the New Testament. You could see it. So the gift of faith is God's working or belief in God's ability to be able to do something. We've seen it in the Old Testament and that's where it looks like in the New Testament. I wanna also show you, and I'm gonna explain to you because in modern context, every single week I've explained to you and told you stories we've even seen in this very room where God has done some of the things that we've talked about. So today I'm gonna hold it to the end because we wanna pray for some people, but I also have a story where I wanna show you all three of these in modern day context. The second one, you're writing notes, is the working of miracles. The working of miracles. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus is talking to He says, I want you to wait for me, and I'm going to endow you with power from on high, and you'll be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem, and to the ends of the earth. That word power, that word power is dunamis. Or it's the word energema. And energema in the Latin, it just means God's power. And so the working of miracles, as it says here, is supernatural intervention by God in the ordinary course of nature. This is where God begins to show up because faith is God doing it. But the working of miracles is God doing it through you. And so God will use a person. Sometimes God uses an animal. Y'all remember the donkey with Balam? lamb? We got to read our Bible a little bit more, y'all. Go back and read the donkey. I mean, you don't need Netflix. You just need the Bible. So in Numbers chapter 23, you can see this story. Numbers chapter 22, you can see this story where he's on his way to go curse the children of Israel. Actually, he said he didn't want to, but then he was like, I'm going to go anyway. And he begins to go, and the donkey just stops. And three different times, he punches the donkey, he hits the donkey, and then he turns. the donkey turns around and says, and this is the Cuban national, international version. He says, yo, bro, why you hit me, dog? Like, have I ever not done what you asked me to do? If it was a donkey, I should have hit him with a wolf. And so... (laughs) And so the donkey begins, that's, that's the working of, that's a miracle when an animal speaks to y'all. Some of y'all going to go home and talk to your cat. Hey, mister. That's not the working of miracle. <laughs> The working of miracles in 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 8, as I mentioned before, you can see it in a twine where Elijah puts the mantle on the ground and water splits and they're able to walk on dry land. A, a miniature version of what it looked like in the Red Sea when the children of Israel, y'all remember, they walked on dry land. The working of miracles, all Moses did was that he put his staff in the ground and scripture says that the waters parted. Today, I was looking at an article and some of y'all are on the TikTok, and you've seen this, where they found, they're finding like chariot wheels and they're finding stuff under the Red Sea, things they actually show. And I love it when science actually bridges up with the gospel and the Bible and it looks so real. I love it when that happens. Science is not a bad thing, y'all. Science is not a bad thing. Here it is. And then David, in first Samuel chapter 17, we've seen David where scripture says that he has fought with lions and he has fought with bears. And we remember the fight with Goliath. They all remember the story of David and Goliath that was faith that he had that he's like, yo, I am a young child. But I'm about to go to war with this nine foot tall individual and I'm going to fight him. And there is a faith in God. But then also you see the working of miracles where he takes a slingshot and a young kid with a slingshot is able to kill a grown man who is a warrior in an army of the Philistines. And so this is the working of miracles. We see the story of Samson. And, and I've been saying this forever, man. One of these days, I want to develop an entire series on Samson because it's crazy to think of a, of a man um, who was consecrated to God from the very beginning. After he's consecrated to God, God begins to do incredible miracles all around his life. And all of a sudden, he gets to a space where he gets a little bit too filled up with himself. And he lays with a woman. And this woman, uh, Delilah, betrays him and she keeps asking me I remember the story how do you, how where's your power come from finally he reveals that it's in his hair and when she cuts off his hair he loses all his power and at that very moment the Philistine army they come they tie him up and then they they sever his eyes out and, and where I want to lay in and I want to kind of unpack for you guys not today but I promise I will is that for so many of us man God has given us power there's a there's a there's an assignment over our life and I feel like the enemy has plucked your eyes out And I think the vision is something that we take for granted too much because I I think if you don't know where you're going, you won't go anywhere. And so hopefully what I'm trying to pull out of this is that you can understand, number one, that even though the enemy has removed your eyesight, that you still have an assignment. The Bible says that Samson is at the end of his life. He has no eyes, no strength. His hair started to grow back. And when his hair's starting to grow back he sits in between two collar two columns or two pillars and they're judging him they're about to kill him and with samson they have taken him out and they've made fun of him they've embarrassed him they're like look the guy who killed he killed a thousand philistine soldiers soldiers with the jawbone of a donkey and this guy right now look at him he looks like a piece of trash he bald-headed got a little bit of hair coming out he's scruffy you know what i mean he didn't have the, the the murrays and all that stuff to put in your hair so he just looked rough And scripture says that Samson said, Lord, if you just give me one last shot, just empower me one last time. And in the working of miracles, scripture says that he pushes those two columns and they land and he kills over a thousand Philistine soldiers on that one last try. I believe that we have one last try inside of us. So in the Old Testament, that's what it looked like to watch the working of miracles. In the New Testament, we can see it in so many different versions. Jesus' life was a complete miracle. He was just walking from miracle to miracle. One of the miracles that I thought was really cool and the reason why we have seasons at our church, the reason why today and next steps, you're going to hear about us. And we've created a vision in our church, the vision of our church. We want to help people know God. Once they know God, we want them to find freedom. We want them to close the door on their yesterday forever, forever. And then we want them to discover their purpose. Once they discover their purpose, we want them to go out and make a difference. So we want people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. That's our vision. The way that we do that is that we have our weekend services where we help people know God. Then we have our G groups, which is what I was telling you about in the summer where we're gonna have these different events. These G groups are all about you finding freedom. And I can look across the room and I know people and conversations that I had that you've been in a small group with somebody and your life has been changed and God is maturing you discipling you because you allowed to be vulnerable you took off the mask and you showed people who you really are and now you're watching and you're finding healing but then we also have where we want to discover purpose today next steps is all about discovering your purpose what is next what does God have for me where am I going in life and then eventually what we want to do is we want to make a difference yo we want to change this city we want to change this nation we want to change our world and so we've created this as a system, somebody say systems. systems. If you know me, you know that I'm about the spiritual and the systematic, but I think Jesus was as well. How many of y'all remember the story where he fed the 5,000? One, two, three, four, five. Okay, <laughs> Mark chapter 6, verses 39 through 44. Watch this. Then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the grass. We missed this part. So they sat down in ranks, in hundreds and in fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, this is what we remember. He looked up to heaven, he blessed and broke the loaves, and he gave them to the disciples and set them before them. And the two fish he divided among them all, thousands of people. So they ate and were filled. And watch this. And they took up 12 baskets full of fragments and of fish. Here it is. And those who had eaten the loaves were about 5,000 men, not including women and children. There's a couple of areas here where you could see the spiritual. The spiritual is what we land at. We love that stuff. Can I tell you that 91% of Gen Z's, it's insane, 91% of Gen Z's are on a spiritual incline where they want to learn about spiritual spirituality. The millennials are close to that, but they're saying, yo, I want to learn more about spirituality. Do you know that there's only 45% of the Gen Z's that go to church? Because sometimes what happens is that they believe that in church there is no spirituality. There's a system. There's an order to things. But there is a spirit. There is a God that really reveals Themselves, they can actually speak to them and that God can rock their entire life not only reveal stuff to them not only inspire comfort edify comfort them but he can actually show him his power and heal them and they can actually see something that's real inside of the church but the church sometimes we hold this microphone and we act like the gifts of the spirit the things that God is doing is not real and we tend to walk away from the spiritual side and all we talk about is the systematic side can I tell you that growth track next steps is not gonna save you being in a g-group is not gonna save you Being on a team is not going to save you. We do these things because we are saved. We do these things because we are part of a community. But can I tell you that it is the power of God that will save you. It is the power of God that will heal you. It is the power of God that will deliver you. If we walk away from the spiritual and all we do is talk about the systematics and we get caught up on these stupid lights and the fog and the cameras and all of these things, all of these things are needed. But they're not God. They're just resources. They are not my source. My source is Jesus. And so... The spiritual side is important, but I don't want to go away from the systematic. Because scripture says that he sat them down in groups of 50 and 100. Could you imagine 5,000 people sitting them in groups of 50 and 100? You want to talk about annoying? Some of y'all would have got kicked out the Bible. Jesus, really? Just sit them in groups. Hey, y'all all all go right there, one side. Y'all come. No, no. I need them in 50s and 100 because Jesus was very systematic. Why did he talk? Why does it say in scriptures that there were 12 baskets left? I always ask this question because it's so cool. Why? Because it was 12 disciples. I don't don't think so. Why did he have it? Oh, because it was the, you know, 12 tribes of Israel. 12 baskets full. Why did he end up with 12 baskets full? Why does that even matter? Why does it matter that there were 3,000, 5,000 people there outside of women and children? who was in charge of that Jessica where Jessica Je- Andrew Andrew was in the back he was counting one two three you know what it is to count five They didn't have the internet. There was no electricity. They probably were on a on a tablet you know what I'm saying just one two three, four. Look at the system of Jesus, how he had people in place to be able to capture this. I don't care why he had 12 baskets. I care about the fact that they actually counted 12 baskets, and then they thought it was important enough to put it inside of Scripture because Jesus is hes important. He's looking at every single detail. Scripture says that he sends out the disciples two by two. There were 72 groups of them, and he tells them, hey, when you go to this city, here's what I want you to do. If they accept you, here's what I want you to do. If they reject you, here's what I want you to do. Jesus is both spiritual and systematic. I want you to understand this because it's important for you to gasp because if you don't grasp this, then you will only think that Jesus is one or the other. Because if you think he's only spiritual, then you'll think you're not spiritual enough. And if you think that he's only systematic, then you think that you haven't earned it or done enough to be able to earn it. But when you're able to stand in the middle of it and understand the system side of Jesus is that he died, that he resurrected and that three days later he came back to be able to offer you life and the system of God was that he came down to rescue and because of the blood that was shed, all of a sudden now all of your sin has been annulled and the contract of your life has been annulled and here it is that now God has access to your life. That's the systematic side. The spiritual side is that we were so broken and far in our sin. Some of y'all remember how much cocaine, how much drugs you were doing. Y'all remember how drunk you were, how depressed you were. You remember yourself being in that dark room where you wanted to kill yourself. If it wasn't for the gospel of Jesus Christ that found you in your most broken state. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. I was inside of a jail cell where God found me and rescued me. I was at my worst, but his spirit came in there and rocked my life. So there's a, this is what it means to be spiritual and systematic this is Jesus and this is the the working of miracles where he works miracles and he does it in accordance to his scripture but he also does it in a systematic way and in a spiritual way and then the last one today that we want to talk about is the gifts of healings that is not a mistake that you see on the screens where there is an S on the side of both of them. The gifts of healings, it's supernatural health from God through man. What God has allowed for us to have this. Now, I want you to understand that this is this, this specific gift is limited. And so what happens is that there is the gifts of healings. Do you know that there's, um, if, if I'm not mistaken, doctors and nurses, y'all send me an email later, uh, jason at greater.church. What happens is that there is a... There, there is there is the gifts of healings do you know there's 39 different main categories of diseases there's 39 different categories of diseases scientifically 39 major characters of characters of diseases google it and it's funny that jesus had 35 lashes on his back 39 lashes on his back it's crazy because scripture says that by his stripes we are healed and it's beautiful to watch at science and the bible coincide with each other right and so you, you could get into that that's a study for you later but i want to show you because what happens is that we tend to think and oral roberts uh which jason Peebles, he graduated from oral roberts and man we have some Rama people in the building and we have different type of uh, some brownsville revival people and what happened was this oral roberts began to ask uh lester summerall and he was like hey lester why is it that i can't just heal everyone that i come in contact with why is it that i can't lay hands on everybody and everybody be healed And he said, well, the reason why is because you're not God. You're not Jesus. I've known individuals, and some of y'all have been with me in these services where we've seen uh, Ted Shuttlesworth, a great friend of mine, he specializes in just the ears like, I mean, I've never seen nobody as... I can show you videos. I should have probably bought a video. But I can I can tell you that I've seen him in places where he's prayed for people and deaf people have began to hear. All of a sudden, they hear a pop, and now they start to hear. They have taken hearing aids out. That's his gifts. But then there's other things that he's prayed for and people haven't been healed. But you know that there's other people that are strengthened in that area. Several palsy. It was a... Uh, um, Lester Sumrard, not Lester Summer, Smith Wigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth used to get excited when he used to see people with several palsy in his services because he knew, he knew how to defeat that demon. And he would lay hands on them and they would be immediately healed. See, this is what happens. I want you not to miss this. First Corinthians chapter 12, it begins to teach us. My wife did a beautiful job of explaining it. But some of us are noses and some of us are hands. And some of us are feet. The nose can't tell the hand, why can't you smell that? And the hand can't tell the feet, why can't you grab that? Unless some of y'all grab stuff with your feet and you're weird. You know what I mean? Like some of y'all moms be doing that job. But the idea is that we are a body of Jesus Christ. Could you imagine if we become like Voltron or like the Power Rangers where we together are united, where we walk into spaces and there's pastors, teachers, apostles, evangelists, and we have prophets and we walk into a space united as the body of Jesus Christ. There's where you begin to see all 39 diseases be healed. There's where you begin to see God do his power. It's in unity. But sometimes the kingdom of God and the church of Jesus Christ is so daggone divided and it's my ministry and my LLC and my website and you gotta bring your tithes to my ministry and you gotta support my ministry and unfortunately God is sitting there thinking to himself the time is ending, the enemy has had a rampant view of the church and he's found himself in the middle of it looking at it all and he's manipulated and pulled strings it's about time for the church of Jesus Christ to get united so that we can punch the devil square in his mouth because it was Jesus who did it first but we have to be united. There has to be this solidarity, this thought that together we're watching this thing happen. Though it is limited, it is unlimited when the body of Jesus Christ comes together. And so today, I want to show you in the Old Testament, Abimelech, Abraham, him and his wife Sarah. She couldn't have been Hispanic. He's, he's with his wife and they're, they're walking. And as they're walking, um, they get to a certain city. And when they get to a certain city... Abraham says to Sarah, his wife, hey, here's what we're going to do. These people might kill us. So what we're going to do is that we're going to lie and we're going to tell them that you're my sister. Couldn't have been Ruth. You get cut. I'm your what? Poppy, what? what did you say? I'm your what? It wouldn't happen. He lied and he told them. And then what ends up happening is that they go into the city. And then God reveals in a dream to Abimelech and he speaks to him and he tells him, hey, this woman that you're about to sleep with, she's, she's the wife of my son. And you're, you and everybody you're a part of is going to die. And Abimelech says, yo, God, I didn't even know. Why are you killing me, bro? Like, I didn't even know. What the heck? And God's like, well, would just, just, just get her out of the house and uh, we'll figure it out. I'm making God look so trivial. I'm sorry. Read the scripture, though. And scripture says, in Numbers. I'm sorry. I'm way over here genesis chapter 20 go back and read it and scripture says that abimelech comes and he tells abraham abraham why did this happen why did you lie to me and he he said like she 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 kind of is my sister they were from alabama they're from alabama so mississippi they were on the border they were on the border were on board he's like this is she's kind of is my sister and then what happens is that every single woman that was in Abimelech City, every single woman their wound had been stopped up and they couldn't have babies and at the very moment Abraham prayed for them and all the ladies began to have babies not only that but Miriam and Aaron with Moses as some of y'all remember they walked through dry land and they got to the other side and when they get to the desert, all of a sudden, they're living in the desert, and man, it's just, just miracles after miracles. But they get to a point where Aaron and Miriam, they're the spokespeople for, 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 for Moses. They're the ones that speak for Moses, right? So Moses hears from God, and he tells Aaron, and he tells Miriam, and they go out. Well, they revolted, and they're like, yo, can't God just speak to, to me? And gossip begins to find itself in the camp. That's the most lethal The most dangerous, the most cancerous thing that can ever happen in the body of Jesus. My wife preached an incredible message. Go back and listen to it about unity and love and how we are supposed to be united. Gossip, I hate it with a passion. I've given a license. Scripture tells us ministers of reconciliation, not of division. God has called us to bring people to God and to bring each other closer. We are ministers of reconciliation. If you ever hear somebody say, yeah, I just didn't like the pants that Chino was wearing. Or I didn't like the shoes. Go have a conversation with them. Oh, I didn't like, you know, so-and-so in the lobby. He didn't say hi to me. Go have a conversation with so-and-so. You have the authority to be able to grab this person by the hand and ask them comfortably, can we have a conversation? I'll be there with you. Gossip is a dangerous cancer. One in this house that we do not appreciate. One that in your house, whether you live or where you work at, that has to be eliminated and dealt with severely because it will cripple a family, it will cripple a marriage, it'll cripple a friendship, and it'll cripple a house. Scripture says that Miriam begins to gossip with Aaron, and God comes down and he says, yo... Prophets, I tell them through my word, and Moses, I speak to him face to face. Scripture says that Miriam walks away, and she was white with leprosy. Three amens. Keep running your mouth. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We don't do do it. Leprosy. No, no. Well, Scripture says that Moses prays, and... And she's immediately healed. So you see healing or the gifts of healings in the Old Testament. And I can go down a hundred different scriptures to be able to show you that. In the New Testament, Jesus' life was all about healings. He healed blind eyes. He healed deaf people. He healed those that were lame. Those that were even dead, where they were beyond healing, he called them out of the dead, and he was able to watch as their bodies were healed. And he never spoke these eloquent, big, big prayers. I love when David Higgins teaches on the gifts of healings that he always talks about this, and he says, "Yo, God didn't have this, Father." Right now in heaven, I pray, Lord, for this person. He didn't say that. He says, "See." He said, "Get up, hear, be made free." take up your bed and walk. His prayers were simple but filled with power because he understood it wasn't about these words that I'm doing, it's about the spirit that's inside of me. John chapter 7 verse 38, out of your bodies will flow rivers of living water. First Corinthians chapter 7, do you not know that you are the temple of the living God and that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you? So it's not about the words and how you do stuff, but it's about who's residing inside of you and are you connecting your faith? Because when you connect your faith there, everything begins to flow out of there. So in the New Testament, you see so many different examples. In Peter, Acts chapter 3, they come down from the upper room. And as they're coming down from the upper room, um, they have a prayer and he's preaching to everybody. And then he goes to church to pray. And when he goes to church to pray, there's a blind man that's on the side, a lame man that was on the side who says, hey, can you give me money? And Peter turns to him and says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. Take up your bed and walk. And you see the gifts of healings that have happened immediately on that spot. And so the gifts of healing are all through the New Testament. I'd advise you, hopefully you've been doing some of your homework. And when I tell you on Sundays to read some of these scriptures, you do. I don't have time to quote them or to read them all. I want you to write them down so that you can read them on your own time. So that you can unpack what's happening. But in the New Testament, you see these things and they're prevalent. You can see that even the scripture says that even his shadow would walk by people and they would be healed, et cetera, and et cetera. I could keep going down the list. I, I want to show you something. I always butcher this story and I have to always ask my wife because she does a way better job of telling this story than I do. But with my my daughter, um, some of y'all know, and man, Nuns was uh, over there. Nuns was Nunzi, uh, who, Z who plays and leads our worship team. She, she was 12, 13 years old, she can tell you, and so many of y'all that were with me can tell you, I've been preaching about Abigail for decades. My first son, he's 14 years old, Ramses, with Lydia, my, he's 14 years old, and he was Abigail. Not like in real times, hold on, let me clarify that, because we're in different times right now. We're in way different times, my guy. He was Abigail, and then he was born, and he had a male organ, so he was Ramses. And then Levi came out, and Levi, the whole time she was pregnant, we're like, it's my daughter. I can't wait. It's my daughter. Oh, it's going to be a girl. And Levi came out to be a boy. And for six years, because they are 10 months apart, so (laughs) we had TV. I don't know what happened. (laughs) 10 months. So they're Irish twins. They're the same age for a year and a half. And so my two boys came out. And when my son came out, the second one, I almost killed my wife. She had gestational diabetes. She had preeclampsia. She was like, yo, don't look at me. And so it took me about six years not to practice having babies, but to have a baby. Took a couple of y'all a minute. And so so what happens is that for six years, we were like, and I would preach. One day I'm going to have a girl. Watch, I'm going to have a girl. Her name is going to be Abigail. I was just messing around and talking about her. When my wife gets pregnant, she finally, after six years, I was like, babe, what's up? She's like, I don't know. When I've heard the I don't know, it wasn't no. I don't know and no are two totally different things. So she was like, I don't know. I was like, what? And so, and so my wife, lo and behold, through the power of the Holy Ghost, she gets, it wasn't the Holy Ghost, and my wife gets pregnant, and when my wife gets pregnant, we have a baby, and man, I'm so excited about the baby, man, this is going to be the greatest thing, and we find out it's a girl, I have a video, Levi, you remember that, when we found out she was a girl, we were inside the room, that lady, I don't know what that lady thought, but all of us that were in the room, we went crazy. She must have been like, yo, what the heck is going on? Because they knew how much I wanted a girl. I know it's kind of trivial to you, but it's just something that I wanted. I think prophetically, I knew what she was going to do. And so my daughter is inside my wife's belly. One day we're inside of the doctor's office and they're checking her heartbeat. And when they check her heartbeat, the doctor is, or the nurse is clicking, 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 and very quiet. And she got the machine connected and we don't really hear much. We're like, And so the the nurse says, I'm like, you know, I'm Cuban, ma'am, excuse me, what's going on? And she's like, give give me a second, I'm I'm so sorry, just give me a second, we're having some technical issues. She goes and brings a tech in, the tech goes in there, and the tech comes in there, and it's not a heartbeat, it's like, dunk, dunk. And so she's like, there's there's something wrong with the machine, the techs are in there, now they're both quiet, but they're whispering in the corner. I'm over there, excuse me, ma'am, what's going on? Well, we, we just this machine, we're trying to figure out some stuff. I'm like, y'all better figure out some stuff. What's happening? So you can imagine me and my wife, we're in the corner now, and we're sitting here, and like, I'm a little bit shocked and awe. I'm like, yo, what is happening? The main doctor of that entire hospital, he comes in there, and he starts checking her. And he's smiling. Oh, don't worry about it. It's okay. The heartbeat is very faint. We don't know what's going on. And they were able to check her heartbeat. Unfortunately, they weren't able to give us any information. They're like, hey, we really can't find a good heartbeat. And so we're going to have to send you to a specialist. And they sent us to a specialist. And when we were with the specialist, they did x-rays. They did all the stuff. And what they were able to find out was that my daughter, um, half of her heart was inflamed and swollen. And half of her heart was dead. It wasn't pumping any blood. And the reason why that was happening is that she didn't have a spleen. Her veins were connected upside down. She had inverted her organs. And they gave us worst-case scenarios. And they were like, hey, she might not make it. If she makes it, she might have her organs on the outside. There's several different things. Right now, we don't know what's happening. We just need her to develop in the stomach. Well, develop in the stomach isn't something that my wife's body can actually do. In fact, my wife has been through three pregnancies. Some of y'all moms, y'all better love her in the love of the Lord, but you're going to hate her in the flesh. My wife has had three pregnancies, and she's never experienced one single contraction. But she's had three C-sections. C-sections. But she's had three C-sections, but every single time because she has preeclampsia, which means high blood pressure and gestational diabetes, which means that she has really, really high diabetes when she gets pregnant. She could never go full term. Well, my daughter was 34 weeks and my wife's high blood pressure was at 210 over 120, somewhere around there. And I'm in the room, and I remember they say turn off all the lights. They filled her with some medicine, and they were like, if this, um, if this blood pressure doesn't go down, in 10 minutes, we're going to have to do an emergency C-section because she's about to stroke out. And my wife is laying there. I remember I was listening to It Is Well from Hillsong. I don't care what you say. I was listening to It Is Well from Hillsong back in the days. And as I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, God, I'm like, Lord, It Is Well. I don't know what's happening. Ten minutes later, I'm fully dressed in a gown and I'm sitting there and I'm like looking over my wife. I'm like, babe, it's going to be okay. I promise it's going to be okay." And she's looking at me like, bro, are you okay?" (laughs) She's like, I've been through this. I know what time it is. My baby comes out and she doesn't cry. They put her in a deal and I saw her for all of what it was. Just, I don't know, 10, 15 seconds. And then they whisk her off. Remember that my child's organs had not developed correctly. Now she's born premature. She was born at 34 months. So my mind is already racing, but the whole time I'm like, God, I got to have faith in you. I know that you got her. She was a promise. You said it, Lord God. Psalm 27 says that your children are a reward, and I know, Lord, that you got her. And I just claimed promises and reading scripture, and my wife was just asking me as she, as she was going in and out, she was like, babe, where's the baby? Those words mark me. And she was like, where's the baby? And I'm like, she's fine. She's fine. Don't worry about it. I didn't know she was fine or not. And uh, finally, we go to the doctors. And when we go to the doctors, they're able to give us. They're like, hey, your daughter doesn't have a spleen. Um, And that's where all babies usually keep all of their, you know, diseases and stuff when they're young. Um, Your baby's heart, the IVC or something like that, instead of a a vein going on the outside to pump blood, it's actually flipped upside down and it's coming around the wrong side. Um, She has three holes in her heart. And she's just she's a mess and man I just remember we were praying and we were like God you're gonna do something and she was I remember her some of y'all maybe a couple of y'all remember her when when she was born my daughter was at the tip of my finger and then right under my wrist she was like a little tiny little I got pictures I can show you a tiny little thing and I, I remember just holding my daughter and just thinking to myself God you got to I know that you're gonna heal her you know what's crazy is that in the hospital, the first conversation we had with the doctors, the doctor said all three of the holes in her heart have automatically sealed. We, we, were like, we were like, what, what? What do you mean? And they're like, yeah, we don't know. All of the holes have closed in her heart, so she's fine with that. The problem is she doesn't have the spleen and her heart is working extra hard, and she has bradycardia. I hope I said that right. Some of my doctor friends know, and it's that her heart doesn't beat real fast. It just beats slow, and so she doesn't have a spleen. She has bradycardia, and some of her her organs are inverted, and so we were like, okay, what does that mean, doc? And he's like, I don't know. We're just going to have to wait and see. And so when we had a conversation with the doctor after they were able to check her out, we were like, dude, she have to have surgery and all that. They were like, no, you don't. What's going to happen now is that for the next five years, your daughter has to take penicillin two times a day. When she wakes up in the morning and then when she goes to bed at night, she's going to have to take penicillin. And this is going to be five years. In five years, we'll revisit it and see if she's able to have surgery. If she can have surgery, then we're able to correct some of these things. And so for the first three years, mind you, this was at the very beginning when God told me and my wife, hey, I want you to start greater church. All of this hell broke loose in our life, right when we were about to plant the church. The greatest thing ever. Oh yeah, the servant of the Lord. And so what happens is that my wife, you know, we go on this journey and we're just praying and we're believing God. I remember, and some of y'all remember at Baker Elementary, we turned one year old. It was at our one year anniversary. I remember having a conversation with the church. And I use this because, and the reason why I'm always going to tell Abigail's story, some of y'all have heard it, some of y'all going to hear it a hundred times more because I'm going to make the devil pay, bro. And I remember that on the first year anniversary, I was like, hey, guys, and I told them the story of what was happening. And at this point, some of y'all remember, did you remember she used to take penicillin every single day? My daughter had to take it because if not, she'll get sick and she could pass away. So she had to take the strongest medication, which was penicillin. And I remember I got up there and I said, hey, guys, listen, we've been on this journey with my daughter and we've been praying and we believing. And can I tell you that the other day I took my daughter to the hospital? And when I took my daughter to the hospital, they did an X-ray and they checked her out on her second. This was her fourth year or her third year check. Um, up and on her third year checkup actually they found a spleen in her body and it had fully functioning spleen and her heart was doing a lot better the holes were closed can I tell you that that's the God that we serve that I had a little bit of faith but God had a lot of miracle working powers I saw the gift of healing over my daughter's eyes I saw God do something in her that I've never experienced today you know my daughter she's running around here acting crazy you look at her and there's nothing wrong with her She's strong as an ox, and I believe it was the gifts of healings that God healed my daughter. This is not relegated to a pastor. This is not relegated to the minister of God, because I planted a church. This is available to all believers. 1 Corinthians, this is the last verse, then I'm going to do the second to last verse after this. 1 Corinthians, watch this, chapter 12, verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to... to profit with all or to profit everyone. So meaning that this is for all of us. And listen to me, I'm talking about receiving healing, but I'm also talking about being a conduit of healing. Yeah. Yeah. Scripture said that it is given for every man to the profit of with prophet of everyone. So scripture saying that when it comes to healing, that every single one of us, not only do we have a gift that we can get from God, but that we can be healed. And today we're going to prove to see if it's true or not. Everybody say, Chino, how do you heal? Or how is somebody healed? Scripture teaches several different ways. One of which I want to show you today. James chapter 5, verses 14 through 15. And we're going to close this service out. We're going to pray for some people. James chapter 5, verse 14 through 15. It says, is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make sick person well. And the Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven so what happens is that we have these moments where faith has to rise up inside of us number one we have to believe that's the prerequisite not for you to administer healing but for you to be healed you got to believe that God can do it now what happens though on the other side of it is if you are a believer of Jesus Christ God has called you and these gifts that we talked about and we read in scriptures they're available to you I, I want to ask a question, and I, I want to do a, a couple of things just to, just to kind of show you what what, what this means. Um, who in here uh, Who in here has been saved under a month? One month, you've been saved under a month. Okay, Who's been saved here under six months? You've been saved under six months. You've given your life to Jesus six months ago. Who in here has been saved a year ago, a year, under a year ago, under a year ago. Two years ago. Two years ago, some of y'all saved. Some of y'all saved. Sis, can you come up here? I don't want to embarrass you. If you feel comfortable, I don't want to embarrass you. Come on over here. Because I, I want to show y'all something. Now, here's what I want to I want to do. And if you can do me a favor. Uh, Jason, we can grab this guy because I got a whole bunch of stuff here. Come on over here. I want to show you something. Now, I want to ask, um, if, if there's somebody here, you have a, a tangible, like, issue... Anybody has, like, let's just say shoulder pain. You've been having shoulder pain or or maybe lower. Come on up here, girl. Come on up here. Bro, if you do this, you're a champ. Here, give me the water. No, oh. Dang. <laughs> Come on over here. Hey, give me a chair. Give me a chair. Okay. All right. I want you to do grab this one here for just a second shoulder pain your shoulders pain okay come here come on to the front what's your name stacy ann stacy ann okay awesome and what's your name
0: antonia
1: okay i know antonia antonia has been the next step and she's going to antonia come on up here to the front okay do me a favor here's what i want you to do i want you to stand your hands like this no no not you antonia we we on another level <laughs> your hand like that you know I need you do is pull up, and then put it right in front of you and then flip your wrist inside out inside out just to to be able to do it. So here, all the way up. Watch me. Like this. All right. You're just going to put your hands like that together. Okay? I'm not going to do nothing. Have I met you before? Okay, beautiful. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Do it like I showed you. All the way to the front. And then put your hands together like a clap. Okay. All right. All right. Come over here, Antonia. Okay. Antonia, do you see that her hand's a little bit, the right hand is a little bit longer? Okay. Here, we're going to do it. So you can see that I'm not tricking you. Open your hands again and then do it again and then put it in front of you and then put it right there and in front of you okay cool Antonia, so you can see see the little bit the right hand okay here's what we're gonna do I'm not doing nothing open your hands up a little bit just right there okay here's what we're gonna do I want you to see that in scripture this is no weird mumble jumble. I feel like we over spiritualize it and we make stuff weird in church I got the panel softly we're not blaring there's nothing crazy i just want you to show you what god can do so right now what happens is that a lot of times with shoulder injuries right give me the exact medical term what is it called when the realignment limb, length, say that again boy because i can't pronounce that i'm cuban yeah length discrepancy, discrepancy. limb length discrepancy okay so what happens is that there's a there's a discrepancy so a lot of times what'll happen is like a supernatural chiropractor and all of a sudden god will and you'll watch somebody's hand grow back you'll watch their legs grow back and what it is is healing it's not to be weird it's to show you and then you'll watch as the healing happens in their body right so you'll see this so here's what here's what do it again to the side real quick and then go up again put them together and then i want you to keep them up okay and now here's what i want you to separate them and I want you to do me a favor. And all I want you to do. don't no, no, you keep your ear. Keep your front right there. Don't move. And I just want you to say, this is the, the right arm was the one, right? Okay. All I want you to say is right arm extend in the name of Jesus. That's all I need you to say. Ready? Here we go.
0: Right arm extend in the name of Jesus.
1: <laughs> Did you feel something? Okay. Do me a favor. Do it again. Open your hands all the way up, and then all the way up, and then bring it to the front, and then just put it there. Now put it together. Which hand was extended first? Which one is longer?
0: The left one is longer.
1: <laughs> okay, come on over here. Come on over. No, no, you're there. You're there. You're fine. Okay, do it again. Do it again. Okay, and now put it in front. Now put it right in front. Now hold on. Now leave it open. Open it up like you had it. Okay, and then you're going to say, left hand extend in the name of Jesus. Oh, wait, was it this one longer now? This one was longer. Oh, we said right hand extend and the right hand was up. Okay, so here we go. We ready? You're going to say, which one right hand has to extend? Which one has to go out? Close it. So the right one. So that one right there, right? Okay, open it up. Open it up. And we're going to watch his right hand. So we say right hand extend in the name of Jesus.
0: Right hand extend in the name of
1: Jesus. Are you kidding me right now? I'm watching it happen. Are you kidding me right now? Put your hands together. Did y'all hear me pray? So it wasn't a man of God, huh? So it was somebody who's been saved, the earliest that's been saved out of all of us who are in here, unless you lied, because if you lied, then you didn't see a miracle. Now, here's what I want you to do. Can you do me a favor and can you check your shoulders and tell me how they feel right now? Okay, from a scale from 1 to 10, how much pain did you have when you first walked in? Uh, Five. Okay, five. How much pain do you feel like you have now?
0: I don't have any. Say it again. None. It's all.
1: (laughs) Antonia, did I ask you before service to come up here and do this?
0: No, I actually even got here late. I didn't see nobody.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You can tell I didn't plan this. Sis, did I ask you to come up here?
0: No, it's the first time coming here.
1: First time visitor to church. (laughs) We broke all the rules, Jason. We're not supposed to even acknowledge that they're here. Fill out the cards so that we can send you a gift without acknowledging them. How many of y'all remember going to church and they stood you up as a first-time visitor? How many of y'all loved it? How many of y'all hated it? I'm sorry, sis. I promise. But what I want you to understand is that that's the power of God. And what's funny is that I believe uh, when I was thinking about you and praying about you, uh, God... I don't know why the word red clay kept coming out to me. Um, And I don't know. I know it's significant or to Georgia or what it is, but there are things in your life sometimes that you feel like you're planting and things that you have put into the ground that you're waiting for it to fruition. And sometimes it feels like it's stuck in clay and it's not actually working. But what God is doing is number one, he's showing you. And the reason why he brought you here is to show you that when I don't see him he's still working miracle worker that we talked about earlier even when I don't see him he's still working is that you don't have to look at that seed but in fact God is already starting to show you dreams and you're wondering why are my dreams not matching up with what I'm seeing in my life is that true and what I want you to see is that God is actually doing it and he's producing that fruit you need to have what we talked about in the theme of this entire day which is called faith and the moment that you have faith you'll begin to watch it and I believe in the name of Jesus and I declare you can come back and tell us but I believe that this week you're going to see evidence to what you've been praying about what you've been asking to God before Sunday of next week you're going to hear an answer to that and God is going to do it in the name of Jesus Father I thank you for my sister Lord I thank you for the healing of her body and I thank you Father that you're going to do the miracle in her life Lord God and I believe in Jesus name Lord that not just the shoulder Lord God but I pray that her body be healed completely Lord and that you make her a testimony Lord as she teaches Lord God I pray in the name of Jesus that the words that come out of her mouth Lord God will be filled with anointing and power Lord God glorify yourself in her Lord Jesus as she sees red clay Lord that is just flowing Lord may she understand that you're making room to bring that seed to life Lord God that it is going to happen and that it will bring fruition and she's going to bring fruit Lord in the name of Jesus I pray and I ask this Lord amen and amen God bless you sis
0: that again i have a little girl her name is chloe similar um she she's a miracle baby she was born preemie and um well they have given her over on her doctor's given over on her on several times she she see all the specialists she's here today because her classmate emma invited her we're going to we were going to visit another church, but I spoke with Emma's mom and she said she's going to church today. I asked her, what church do you go? And she told me, and I said, okay, cause Emma and Chloe had a play date for later. And I said, okay, I'll come visit your church. And we made it here this morning. But with Chloe, I was like, um, I, I'm from Jamaica and I was pregnant with Chloe and at 20 weeks. I found out my passage was opened, and I had to stitch the neck of my womb. And then at 30 weeks, I had a ruptured membrane. I had to be in a hospital. I had to do an emergency C-section with Chloe. Cut long story short. <laughs> Chloe lungs collapsed at three months, and then at nine months again. The right collapsed at three, and then the left lungs collapsed at nine months. And I remember when she was traveling, because I did nursing there, and I know the signs. And I'm a church member, Seventh-day Adventist. I believe in God. I was grown up in an Adventist home. And when I see the signs, I called my church, and I said, that I need prayers for my baby. And I was there crying, 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 because she was attached to all the stuff in the hospital i could not touch her and i was there crying and the doctor sent me sent me out the room and i remember i went in the bathroom and i went in the children's bathroom and i literally felt the hands of the lord on my shoulder and he said mom dry up your tears your baby will be fine and the doctors work on her for at least they work on her for at least an hour, and when they call me back in, C and all those stuff was off her. But she continues to struggle until her dad got us here, and we met some good doctors at Children's Healthcare at Atlanta, and um, they work hard to find out what was going on with her. They still don't diagnose her with anything. One, but one thing I know she's immunocompromised, where she have to get. Um, immunoglobulin every week I have to give her a two sided needle she sees the GI, she sees the ENT, she sees the immunologist, she sees the pulmonologist, she sees everybody and as he would say if you see his daughter running around you don't know she's sick, if you see Chloe you would not know that she's sick I have sleepless nights but I talk to God, I say God I prefer for her to be here with me and I can see her touch her, give her my love more than not seeing her at all and she's here today and I just want to give God thanks. I know I'm not worshiping God as how I'm supposed to but in my line of work I try my best. I speak to my patient (laughs) daily. I pray with them. I care for them in every way that I can and I'm trying to give back what God has done for me.
1: Hey would you do me a favor and would you extend your faith, extend your hands and let's pray. What's your daughter's name? Chloe, Father, we just thank you right now, Um, and Father, we pray that you would heal Chloe, Lord. We pray, Father, that every report that would come back, Lord God, would be negative, Lord Jesus, and that she would be healed in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Father, this is not uh, a coincidence, Lord God, that it's it's one of those God winks, like Danielle would say, Lord God, where I would share a story of how my daughter has been miraculously healed, Lord, and that you would bring faith to my sister, Lord. Father, we unite our faith with her, Lord, and we pray that you would heal her daughter, Lord. And in the process, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would continue to disciple my sister sister, Lord, that she would see you in new ways, Lord, that you would give her words, Lord, as she is with patience, Lord, to be able to bless them, to pray over them, Lord, and that you would watch, Lord God, healing, Lord Jesus, come through her fingertips, Lord, as men and women come to know who you are. Father, we thank you for everything that you've done in her life, Lord, and everything that we do. We are expecting, Lord God, we're putting our faith together, Lord, and that is a dynamic combo, a, a dynamic continuation, Lord God, of what you're going to do, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord, amen, and amen. Come on, if you believe it, can you put your hands together? Amen. Amen. Thank you, sis. Appreciate it. Hey, would you do me a favor and would you stand to your feet? You, you, do you got just five minutes in you? Y'all got five minutes in you? Memorial Day was last Sunday. Memorial Day was last Sunday, so just give me five minutes. Hey, I promise, Taylor, just give me five minutes. We'll have them out to next steps. Just give me five more minutes. We'll give me five more minutes. Hey, here's what I, I want to do. Um, we believe that, that faith, yo, none of this stuff was rehearsed. None of this stuff was planned. We didn't we didn't buy her. She was invited. Remember at the beginning, I'm telling you, man, Danielle, it's like these God winks. It's hilarious. This she was invited. Remember when I talked to you earlier about Chris and Livy, that Chris and his daughter were the ones that went to Hungary to go take the gifts to the orphanage that's in Hungary, so that we that us together we provided. That's who invited her to church. It was Livy who invited her to church. I had no idea. This is something I just came to find out she invited you as well that girl an evangelist girl come on hey so so uh jason tell kids i said i'm sorry we just i need five more minutes uh here's what i want to do um today the worship team is going to sing this song Waymaker, and we're just going to sing just the bridge of it and would you do me a favor and and would you just in, in this in this moment i'm gonna pray and i just want you to close your eyes for just a moment and i want you to lean in
0: Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church, where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media.